Welcome to this podcast by City Point Church, Redcliffe. We are so happy you could join us and pray that the following message will encourage and empower you. I say this regularly, but I'm actually really honoured to share with you guys this morning. Uh, I've lived through a few events in life where we look back at it, you know, in hindsight and go, you remember what happened at this season? I remember what happened at this time. And I just feel like that right now we're living in one of those moments. Is anyone with me? Uh, we're just living in one of those moments that, you know, we're going to look back on this and go, hey, remember what happened at this time. And the, the really important thing for me is that uh, I, I, more than anything, I want to pursue what God's doing in any given season. And so for whatever's going on in the world, uh, I just have a real sense that God is doing something in our community. He's doing something in our, in our nation. He's doing something around the world. Uh, and I want to be focused uh, specifically on what God is doing. Uh, I don't want to be distracted. Does anyone know it's really easy to get distracted in life? Uh, but I don't want to get distracted on what's going on in the world. I want to be focused on what God is doing uh, and seeing God move powerfully. And so I believe that uh, in hindsight, we'll look back at today and go, God did something significant on Sunday the 15th of March. I'm hoping it's the 15th. It is. Amen. The Holy Spirit's with me today. Uh, But I I really believe that we're going to look back on this and say, hey, God did something significant on that day. And I'm just believing for people here to encounter God, uh, to meet God in a powerful way. And uh, I have a word for you this morning that I believe is uh, in tune with what God is doing in our nation. Uh, As uh, Pastor Dan mentioned, uh, Pastor Carolina is uh, is preaching in Sydney this morning. Uh, She's with my lovely wife. She's going to be back here for our 5 p.m. service. And uh, we'd love to just pack it out. I, you know, the, the 8.30 service this morning were so full of faith. Uh, it was such an encouragement for me to, to turn up. And the, the worship band, can we give our worship band a round of applause? <laughs> Mate, they were, they were ready. They were just ready. They were just roaring to go this morning. And so they were rocking. And our 8.30 service, they were just so full of faith. I feel like I couldn't preach as good as they could hear me. And uh, so I'm believing God to do something powerful. Um, Matthew 4 verse 4, Jesus says this. He's, he's, he's in the wilderness. He's on, a, he's on a fast. He's in the wilderness. The devil tempts him and he says this. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but on every word that comes from the mouth of God. Okay? Man does not live on bread alone, but from every word that comes from the mouth of God. Uh, there's power in the word of God. There's power in uh, the Word of God, but also the Word that God is speaking. And, you know, I just wanted to share a, a quick testimony uh, about maybe, I think it was about maybe three or four months ago, uh, I was preaching, and as I was getting up, God said to me, hey, I want you to pray for a few groups of people, uh, and one of them was people that have heart conditions. And so I got up and I was like, hey, I believe that God wants to heal someone with a heart condition here. And uh, there was one older gentleman that put his hand up and we prayed and uh, nothing happened. <laughs> you know, absolutely nothing happened. I didn't, I didn't hear from him. There was no testimony. There was nothing tangible that, that took place. And uh, the next Sunday, I was getting a coffee and, and Heath, who plays keys, he played keys this morning, he, uh, he walked up to me while I was getting my coffee and he's gone, hey, last week you had a word of knowledge about someone that had a heart condition. He said, I actually have a heart condition. I couldn't put my hand up because I was playing the keys. Uh, and plus he's behind me because I couldn't see him anyway. 
And uh, he said, I've got a heart condition. I've been to the doctor. It's like an irregular heartbeat issue. They'd like to medicate me, but I'm not really keen on the medication. And it's been, you know, symptomatic, uh, you know, periodically. And um, so I'm really believing that that's for me. And I said, hey, I'm, I'm you know, I'm with you. Um, believe that God's alive and that he heals. And, uh, you know, I think it was last week, Heath came up to me and said, it's been three months. He's never taken any medication. He's never actually even filled a script out. Uh, coffee used to be a real trigger for him. He's changed jobs. He's doubled his coffee intake. There's a word there. I don't know. And, uh, and he has not had a symptom since. How good is that? And so there is, there is power in the Word of God, but there is power in the Word of God, and there is power or, and authority as believers when we declare the Word of God over a situation. And so uh, this morning I want to <laughs> preach the Word of God, I want to speak the Word of God, and I want to encourage everyone here that God wants to uh, be a part of what you're doing, He wants to reveal His goodness to the world, and we can partner with Him in declaring what he's doing. And so uh, I'm really pumped this morning. I do want to actually just make mention of, of one thing in particular though, and I really believe that, uh, like I said earlier, it's easy to get distracted by what's going on in the world, and yet we want to maintain focus on what God is doing. And we believe that God is doing uh, something really powerful uh, in our city, in our region, in our nation, uh, and that's just going to continue. I'm believing for great breakthrough. Uh, but I also want to acknowledge that there are some people in pain this morning. There was, amongst everything going on with uh, COVID-19, there was a young man that lost his life. Uh, he was killed at uh, the Redcliffe Skate Park, which is only a few kilometres up the road. And to be honest, I haven't even thought about the The biggest inconvenience uh, from COVID on my life is that the football stopped. You know? Like, this is... I can handle... I've got, I think I've got four rolls of toilet paper left, so I'm good. You know? <laughs> Pastor Sam might need a few, but I'm all right. Uh, but where, listen, I'm good. The football's off, which is a problem, right? Okay. The, yeah, Vic agrees with me. He knows it. Um, but amongst that, it, I, I really, I've got to be honest, I really mourned when I read the news last night after 10 articles about a virus uh, to know that a young man lost his life from, a, from a, a really terrible situation. And so I want to pray for that family this morning amongst everything that's going on in the world. And focusing on what God is doing, I don't want to lose sight of a world that needs Jesus. And so for that family, I just want you to ask to join in prayer with me this morning. Father, I just thank you for the family of this young man who tragically lost his life uh, this week. Lord, we know that you are at work in our nation and in our city, Lord. And right now, no matter what's going on in the world, we declare the word of God over this nation. And for that particular family right now, we declare peace in the name of Jesus. We declare comfort and closure in the name of Jesus. For our law enforcement personnel and our emergency services, Lord, I pray that your Holy Spirit would give them wisdom and give them insight, Lord God, to be able to do their job well, Lord God, to be able to establish the kingdom in everything that they do. And Lord, we pray that there would be healing, Lord God, in the days to come. We pray that your Holy Spirit would be at work in each family member and each friend, Lord God, to just demonstrate the goodness in every situation, no matter how hard it is, Lord. And we declare that no matter what happens, and even though we mourn, Lord God, we declare that you are at work in our city. Come on, you're at work in our nation, and that you are a good God that loves us. And we declare your kingdom established in the name of Jesus. And everyone said? Amen. 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 Uh, 
The title of my message this morning is Together We Believe God is Good. Right? God's good all the time. All the time. God's good. Amen. You guys have picked this up so good. Uh, Proverbs 13 verse 12 says this, Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but a longing fulfilled is a tree of life. Okay? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And I really believe this morning that God wants to uh, increase our awareness of how good God is. Okay? We, we need an upgrade uh, in our experience of how good God is in our lives, uh, in our community, and, and in our nation. And so I want to talk to you about it this morning, and I, I, have, a, <laughs> I have a story that I would like to share with you. It's, uh, it's not my proudest moment. Uh, I'd never actually told this story until this morning, but you, you might get a chuckle out of this. Uh, when I, I grew up in a Christian home, uh, I, my parents' marriage fell apart. I uh, moved out of home when I was uh, 17 years old and uh, lived out of home as a, as a pretty reckless young, young man for a few years. And I met God in a really powerful way when I was 20. Uh, at a church, you know, at a, at a Sunday night service, not dissimilar to our Sunday night services. And over the next few weeks of having this powerful encounter with God, there were a few situations where God spoke to me really clearly um, in really significant ways where it was very clear, this is God, and I had a decision to make. And uh, one of those is the, the second week that I was at church, uh, they were talking about life groups and they were talking about giving, and, and God said to me really clearly in that service, he's gone, you need to start giving, and you need to join a life group. And I've been in a life group for the last 15-odd years. And so th- those key moments where God spoke, uh, I just wanted to, to be obedient. And at the time, I was an apprentice. I worked in a, in a small engineering workshop on the Sunshine Coast, and I was working my way through this uh, journey as a new Christian. Can anyone relate to me? at all. And so uh, my, my work at the time was, uh, was pretty kind of intense. It was a little bit sort of focused. Um, and it's the sort of thing that you could sort of just get started and sort of lose yourself in what you're doing, right? And uh, so I did that. Now, one of the things that you need to know, just for anyone who hasn't worked in a workshop before, um, is there's one political aspect to a workshop that is really significant. And that that issue is which radio station gets played, okay? If you want to know what it's like to be a, an Aussie guy on a job site, um, just a bit of insight for you, the biggest battle you're going to have about is who chooses the radio station, okay? And so I was an apprentice, and because I was an apprentice, that meant that I was kind of like there was the, the owner, then there was the boss, then there was the tradesman, then there was the machines, then there was me, right? That was kind of like the pecking order in the, in the workshop. So I was the last guy to get to choose the radio. So my radio station was never on. And uh, I got stuck with one of these um, wonderful commercial radio stations that were always running some sort of promotion. Uh, and so I just got used to the fact that I'd be sitting there doing my thing, pretty focused on what I'm doing, and the radio is going on in the background. And um, I've found Jesus. I'm a few weeks in. And one of my jobs as an apprentice, okay, was my boss used to let me at 9.25, because we had Smoko at 9.30, we didn't have morning tea, we had Smoko, Uh, and my job as the apprentice was to walk to the bakery at the end of our street, 
Uh, lovely bakery, by the way, Smag Swagman's Pies in Amble. Thoroughly uh, recommend it. Um, 9.25, I'd get everyone's money, I'd go up, I'd do the bakery order, and I'd come back, and at 9.30 we had Smoker, right? And uh, I'm there doing my thing, and the radio station, someone actually grew up in Nambour as well in the first service, and they were telling me, they actually filled me in on what it was called. Uh, they were running this promo called The Fugitive, right? And they had this guy just dressed like you and I, uh, and they would give you clues to where this guy was going to be in areas right across the Sunshine Coast. And if you found this guy, and if you walked up to him on the street and said, hey, you're the radio station fugitive, um, you won the competition, and he gave you $10,000. That was the comp, right? So every morning, they would give these clues throughout the day, and they're like, hey, this morning our fugitive is here. And they give these really cryptic kind of clues of where they're going to be. And so I'm sitting there working one day, and uh, it's, nine, it's, it's nine o'clock, right? And so they have the news, and then at like five past nine, they come on with the clue. And as I'm standing there at work, I'm not lying to you, as well as you hear me right now, God said to me, the radio fugitive is at the bakery. If you go up there right now and identify him, you'll have 10,000 bucks in your pocket. Right? <laughs> and and something, something happened... Uh, just in that process of, in that moment, where, where I suppose my, maybe my understanding of God or my theology or whatever it was, was in tension with what God was saying. And I, I genuinely sat there going, I don't actually think, that can't be God. Like, that can't be God because I don't think he's that good. And at the time, I probably didn't recognize it. But looking back at it now, I go, I genuinely didn't believe as a new Christian that God actually was that good. And so I was really torn. Like, I didn't know what to do. Uh, you know, it's, it's like five past nine. I'm really fearful of my boss, right? Because he's the boss. And he's like, you go to Smoko at 9.25. And so as you do, right, I have this argument with God. I'm like, God... Just make the guy hang around there till 9.25 because then I get to go up there and then I'll ask him and then I'll get the money, right? And, uh, you know, no response. <laughs> Zero response. So I'm like, what do I do? So I, I spend the next 20 minutes of my life convincing myself that that wasn't God and that God wasn't that good and that's not the way things happen, right? And so I switched off. I just said, nah, that's not for me. That's not God. I'm just losing my mind. I'm going crazy, right? And so uh, I waited, 9.25, I went and got everyone's money. I went up to the bakery and got my morning, my smoker order, and there's no one in there. Like, there's a staff behind the counters, and there's no one in the shop. And I'm like, see God, there's no one there. Anyway, so I've got, my, I've got all my stuff. And we go back, 9.30, we're sitting down, we're eating smoko, radio comes on, hey, uh, at 9.15, the fugitive was at Swagman's Pies in Nambour. If you missed him, you could have won the 10,000 bucks. Uh, good luck. And that was it. He was there. God said he's there. I don't know why. It's, the, you know, it's one of these questions that I kind of go, why would, he, why would he say that? You know, why would he do that? Why would he give a word of knowledge to a grubby apprentice at 9 o'clock in the morning in that situation? It, makes, it still makes, to this day, it makes no sense to me. But the one thing that stands out is that God spoke a word and I doubted that God was as good as what he said. And so my life went on much the same, $10,000 poorer. (laughs) 
But I wonder about how many situations we could find ourselves in where God is speaking to us and God is declaring, I have a plan for you, I have a future for you, I have a hope for you, I want to bless you, I want to heal you. And we just miss out on it because we don't believe that God is actually that good. <laughs> you know, the, uh, who's ever had one of those surveys where you buy something and then they send you an email and it's like, hey, can you rate us on a scale of one to ten? If you, you get these things in the email, you know, you go and buy something from Harvey Norman and, you know, it's miraculously a day later, hey, rate us one out of ten. Um, do you actually know why they do that? Anyone know? Cam will know. He's a, he's a, this guy's done a marketing degree. Uh, the reason they do that is because they want to measure something called NPS. Uh, and NPS stands for Net Promoter Score. And basically, this idea of Net Promoter Score is basically a marketing concept where if you experience really good service, you'll promote it. Okay? Has anyone had something where you've been to a cafe or you've been to a restaurant and it's so good? And then what do you go and do? You go and tell all your friends about it, right? That, that's called net promoter score. And so, reach, so marketing companies, they know this, and so they will go and rate your experience because if they know that if you give them an eight or higher, you will likely recommend them to somebody else. If you rate a four to a seven, you're not going to do anything, right? You're not going to promote it. You're not going to tell anyone that it was rubbish. But if you score a one to three, you're going to tell people, hey, don't go there because the, so the service is terrible. Did you know that? That's why they actually send it out. And so our experience, okay, because these guys have worked this out. For us as, as just as humans, okay, if we experience something really good, we're going to tell someone. That, they've worked this out. Psychologists know this. If we experience something and it's really bad, we're going to tell people that it's rubbish. If we experience something mediocre, we're not going to tell anybody anything. But if we experience something really good, we're going to tell someone how good it was. <laughs> and so I believe that we need to experience God in a powerful way to know that he is good in order so that we will actually tell someone about it. And that's why I have absolutely no issues with telling people that God is good and telling people the testimonies about what God is doing in someone's life because we need to experience for ourselves that God is good in order for us to actually have the impetus to go and tell someone else. Okay? And so i got no problem getting up here and going, hey, God did this. God did that. God did this awesome thing in my life. God healed his body because we need an experience, okay? It's not good enough to just know theologically that God is good. We need an experience with God so that we know in our hearts that he's good in order for us to be passionate about it enough to go and promote it to someone else. And so uh, this morning, really simple. God is good. Right? Hope deferred makes the heart sick, but desire fulfilled is a tree of life. And so what are some of the things that stand in the way of us stepping into what God has? And so, I, you know, if I, asked, if I asked everybody in the room, you know, put your hand up, you know, put your hand up if there's something in your life that you want, right? Everybody would put their hand up. So somewhere there's a gap between where we currently are and where we want to go. And so I don't have any issues about people going, well, you, you're preaching the prosperity gospel. Well, actually, I'm, not, I'm just preaching the gospel of the kingdom, but there's a lot of times in there where it says that people are blessed. 
And so how do we get from where we are to where God wants us to be? Because God wants to upgrade your understanding of how good he is. And so today I just want to give you uh, two concepts, two ideas about how we can step into the blessing, step into the provision and the love that God has for us. So number one, we must not empower a disempowered devil. Right? We must not empower a disempowered devil. Now, I want to read you, I want to read you a passage of scripture here, uh, and I want you guys to stick with me for a bit. It's out of Daniel chapter 7, and the context is that uh, Daniel, one of, the, one of the great prophets in the Old Testament, uh, is having a vision. He's having a vision of what God's doing, and he describes in, in Daniel chapter 7 uh, this vision where he sees Jesus turn up. Uh, in response to what the devil's been doing. And so we pick it up from uh, Daniel 7 from verse 9. It says this, As I looked, uh, thrones were set in place, and the Ancient of Days took his seat. His clothing was white as snow, the hair of his head was white like wool, his throne was flaming with fire, and its wheels were ablaze. A river of fire was flowing, coming out from before him. Thousands upon thousands attended him. 10,000 times 10,000 stood before him. The court was seated and the books were opened, okay? So Daniel's describing a a court hearing and up until now he's describing the presence of God. So he's gone, hey, God is in this, there's a court hearing and the books are opened and this is what God is like. He's like a flaming chariot of fire and he describes God and then he goes on and says this, I continue to watch because of the boastful words the horn was speaking. Now just, I'm going to fill you in here, the horn here is the devil. And I kept looking until, everyone say until. I kept looking until the beast was slain and its body destroyed and thrown into the fire. The other beasts had been stripped of their authority but were allowed to live for a period of time. That's a really significant verse. And then it goes on to say, In my vision at night I looked and there before me was one like a son of man coming with the clouds of heaven. He approached the Ancient of Days and was led into his presence. He was given authority. Say with me, authority, glory, and sovereign power. All nations and peoples of every language worshipped him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion that will not pass away, and his kingdom is one that will not be destroyed. Okay? So Daniel is having a vision, and he is describing what he's seeing in the vision. He says, I can see God in a court hearing, okay, There's God, it says the Son of Man turns up, he's talking about Jesus, and he says there was a a devil waging war against the saints until God passed judgment, right? And it's a really important verse in there where it says that all authority was taken away, but an extension of time was given to them. And then he goes on and explains that Jesus, who is the Son of Man, was given a kingdom right? With authority, power, and glory. And so when we start to wrap our head around the idea that God is doing something in our lives, that God wants to bless us, we cannot empower a disempowered devil, okay? We we can never embrace a way of thinking or a theology or some way of living our lives that somehow gives power and authority back to a devil that Jesus defeated on the cross, Okay, 
John 10.10 says, I've come that you may have life and have it more abundantly. And so everything in life and in godliness, Jesus achieved in his death and his resurrection on the cross. And so for us to experience the goodness that God has called us to, we can never come up with a reason to empower a disempowered devil. Okay? This is one of the things about this current coronavirus, which is really kind of fascinating because there's a lot of fear coming out from situations. Uh, Winston Churchill made this quote once. He said, I spoke with a wise man once on his deathbed and he let me know that most of the things that he feared never came to pass. (laughs) Most of the things he feared, they never actually came to pass. And so if we are to experience that God is good and that he wants to bless us and that he wants to heal us and restore the situations that we are in, we cannot come up with reasons to empower a disempowered devil. That's why I'm actually not, <laughs> there's no apologies from us going, hey, you know, we don't, we don't want to have gatherings over 500. Well, we're at about 200 on a Sunday night, so if you guys all bring one other person, we'll be at 400, and we are going to have a rockin' church service tonight. Why? Because I'm focused on what God is doing, and I refuse to live a life that disempowers, sorry, that empowers a disempowered devil. And so what are we doing tonight? We're turning up to church. What are we doing this morning? You guys turned up to church. What are we doing? We're going to praise God. We're going to worship God because we will not live in a way that empowers a disempowered devil. And so if you want to experience that God is good, we need to remember that he has given us all authority. (laughs) Do you, um, this is a very deep theological study. So uh, if you don't have a master's in theology, uh, just try and keep up, all right? Um, Matthew 28, 18 is a great commission and Jesus says, all authority has been given to you. Now, the Greek word that they use for the word all actually means all. Okay, it means all. If I was to try and represent that for you in like a pie graph, I didn't do one uh, for you this morning, but if, if, if I have a, a pie um, and I don't give Mark any, Okay, how much do I have? All. All. And how much has Mark got? None. None. Now, I'm not like that because I love Mark and, you know, and so I would give him at least probably half, you know. He's a big guy, so I'll probably give him three quarters. Um, (laughs) But (laughs) the great commission is that, hey, go and make disciples of of all nations. All authority has been given to you. Okay. I kind of feel like, like this morning in the first service, we were so, the, the praise and worship was fantastic. And I kind of wondered, you know, in this environment, the world is really concerned about things. I reckon there's probably more devils concerned about they might walk in here rather than people being worried that they're going to get coronavirus in here, right? Because God has given us all authority. Whatever situation that you are in, God hasn't given you some authority. God has given you all authority. Whatever problem you are facing, God hasn't given you some of the wisdom. He's given you all of the wisdom. And so if we want to experience the goodness of God, we must not empower a disempowered devil. Number two, we must pursue the Word of God. Can you say pursue with me? (laughs) This... uh, I just read this this week, and I thought this was really significant. Uh, Joshua 1 verse 7 says this, Be strong and very courageous. That's a good word, right? Be strong and very courageous. If you're going to do the things that God wants you to do, you need to be strong and courageous. 
Uh, be careful to obey all the law my servant Moses gave you. Do not turn from it to the right or the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. <laughs> Desire fulfilled is a tree of life. Don't turn from it from the right or the left, so that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night, so that you may be careful to do everything that is written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. So God says to Joshua, hey, be strong and courageous because I need you to be successful and I need you to be prosperous, right? So we can't underestimate how good God is because the Bible tells us over and over and over, be prosperous, be successful. But the start of that verse says, be strong and courageous. So we need to be strong and we need to be courageous. The other thing it says in there in the middle is it says, keep the book of the law always on your lips and meditate on it day and night. Meditate. You know, the, the Hebrew word meditate is actually uh, a Hebrew word. Um, I'm probably not going to pr- pronounce this correctly, but it's hagar. All right? It says, do not let this book of the law depart from your mouth, but hagar on it day and night. And this word hagar is actually really interesting. Uh, it's in the Old Testament about 16 times. About five or six times, it's actually translated to what we would probably say is imagine or to ponder or to think. And so we often think that this verse is talking about we need to get the Bible and we need to meditate on it. We need to think about it. You know, we need to go and read some of it and then sit quietly in our room and, and think about what's in it, which is, which is really important. But did you know that another nine times the word Hagar in the Old Testament is actually translated as to speak or to groan, right? It's not talking about something you think, it's talking about something that you speak. It's about something that actually comes out of your mouth. And one time, it's actually not translated as to groan, it's actually translated in Isaiah 31 as roaring okay Isaiah 31 says this as a lion hagars as a lion roars and a young lion over his prey (laughs) and so this is the this is the picture that I want to give you is that God says to Joseph um, sorry God says to Joshua uh, he says be strong and courageous because I want you to be successful and prosperous But in the middle, I want you to hagar over the Word of God. And so that word hagar isn't to just go, I'm going to read my Bible and have some quiet time in the morning. But it's actually to go, I'm actually going to read the Word. I'm going to find the promises of God that are in me. And I'm going to pursue them like a lion pursues prey. I'm actually going to chase, think about a lion roaring over prey. That's how God wants you to think about the Word of God. That's how He wants you to think about the promises that are in the Word of God that are for you. I don't think that the lion ever kind of looks around and goes, I'm distracted. (laughs) You know, I think he's fixated on what he's going to do. I don't think the lion looks at it and goes, I'm not really feeling like it today. It's It's not something optional. It's not like the lion goes, well, you know, I might just give it a miss today. He looks at prey and goes, I need this. 
<laughs> I need this to survive. And that's one of the things that if we're going to experience that God is good, we need to step beyond some people that just go, that'd be cool if maybe God did that for me. Someone that actually stands up with faith and says, I need what God's got for me. That promise that's out there for me, I need it. I'm going to pursue it. I'm going to chase it. <laughs> that's what meditation is. Meditating on the Word of God. And so if we're going to experience the goodness of God in our lives, we need to meditate on it. We need to pursue it with passion, right? With energy and with the concept that I need this. Thank you for listening. We pray that this message empowers you to unmistakably influence your world for good and for God. If you made a decision to follow Jesus, congratulations. This is the beginning of a life-changing journey. We would love to see you at one of our many City Point Church services across Brisbane and the world this Sunday. You can find out more about our service times and locations at citypointchurch.com. We're so excited to see you there.